if somebody came up to you on the street and they asked you what you do, what would you tell them about Hairbrella in the, in the first, you know, 15, 20 seconds? How would you describe it? My name is Tracy Pickett. I am the founder and inventor of the Hairbrella, which is the world's first satin line rain hat that is proven to keep women's hair dry and style protected no matter the forecast. You've practiced that. From Connects Media, this is Atlanta Born and Brand. I'm your host, Jonathan Hilliard. Atlanta Born and Brand is a show all about businesses that are being built right here in the capital of the South. But more importantly, it's a show about their founders. We wanted to find some of the city's most interesting entrepreneurs and creators, hear about their challenges, successes, and how they built a brand that will last. But more importantly, we want to introduce these founders, brands, and businesses to the city they live in, their neighbors, to make sure Atlanta and the brands they call it home can thrive for generations to come. Ladies, I've heard there's nothing worse than spending hours in the salon only to walk outside and see the beautiful sight that is rain clouds. Am I right? Well, our guest today saw how this was affecting women. In a professional world that is deemed that image and appearance is everything, she decided she would take matters into her own hands. We're excited to introduce to you today Tracy Pickett of Hairbrella and have her tell you about her mission to empower women to conquer the world without worrying about the weather. First, and we talked a little bit offline, you are Atlanta through and through. So take me back into to your history growing up and tell me about growing up in and around the city and, and uh, what ultimately led you to the career path that you that you chose. Yeah, so, um, yeah, definitely born and raised here. Not a Grady baby, but north side, mm. so, like, close second. Sure, <laughs> sure. Um, and, uh, Which yeah. me too, by the way, we really? discovered. Yeah. Right, yeah, north absolutely. Side. So, yeah. Um, so, yeah, I uh, grew up, you know, kind of north side of town, and then my dad was – a pastor in Southwest Atlanta-ish, mm. you know, uh, university area yeah. back when, before it was Metropolitan, it was Stewart Avenue. And so, um, and went to school in, in East Point, College Park, and, you know, uh, Camp Creek Middle School, that yeah. whole deal. Um, great experience. And then uh, wanted to become a lawyer. Um, and I was always passionate about kind of helping creatives. So mm. I'm a musician. Um, I started playing drums when I was 12 years old, been playing drums for my dad's church. I was going to play, you played in the church, no doubt about it. Yes, absolutely. I still play to this day. And so, um, I was like, well, I'm not going to necessarily like take this all the way, but I'll Mm. become a lawyer and be able to help these guys um, who went on to play for some of everybody. Um, and so, uh, but in the midst of, you know, getting, um, you know, going through college with the Spellman for college. Mm Uh, I was, you know, kind of walking across campus, and I had this issue where every time I got my hair done, it would rain, like <laughs> a curse. I yeah. mean, I couldn't get away from it. And then, you know, at the point that you're in college, now, you know, mom's not paying for your hair anymore, mm-hmm. <laughs> and you're walking, like you're having you to walk a lot more, right? Like, <laughs> you got to make it last. You know, in Atlanta, you can usually park almost anywhere, but when you're in college, you got to walk. For you sure. Know? So I was walking, and I realized, like, my investment of time and money was just going down the drain if it was mm-hmm. raining. Like, even if I had an umbrella, it didn't matter. Like, the humidity in Atlanta 
and the moisture in the air would ruin my hair. So I was like, okay, this is a problem. Kept dealing with it, went to uh, law school and um, was on my way to an interview and <laughs> it started raining and I didn't even have an umbrella. I just had Ooh. my Office Depot bag that I had gotten my <laughs> resume paper. And I was like, oh yeah. my gosh, I can't be late, right? They're not gonna hear an right. excuse about that, my hair. Like, no, that's not gonna be an excuse. So sure. I had to make a run for it and I looked a mess by yeah. the time I got there. And hmm. I said, you know, this is a problem that needs to get solved. Um, I started looking online to see if hmm. there was a solution to it. Um, couldn't find anything except for like bucket caps. And I'm like, yeah. my hair's still out. Like, how does this help me? Yeah. So I um, mean, the plastic caps weren't going to do it. So it doesn't help to have half my hair a mess. Right, right, exactly. Actually, that looks yeah. even more awkward. <laughs> uh, might as well mess up the whole thing. <laughs> so, um, so yeah, so uh, started just kind of, you know, doodling some ideas. Wanted to get the patent first. Sure. Um, and just had kind of, you know, a little bit of money saved. I had my like Sarah Blakely story. I put away, you know, X amount of dollars. That's what it was going to cost to do the hmm. patent. But I didn't know if I should spend it because I feel like, you know, everybody thinks they have a great idea. Yeah. Um, who am I to think that this is actually one I should pursue? Sure. And ask God for a sign. Like, God, if I'm supposed to do this, please give me a sign. <laughs> and um, went to, you know, drove to Atlanta every weekend. Hmm. Uh, went to Nakato with my parents in Buckhead, our favorite hmm. restaurant. And they sit Sarah Blakely right next to me at the hibachi no. table. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, oh, my God. I remember, like, looking straight not to look at her. That's um, hilarious. And so I, my mom made me introduce myself, of course, and you told her that yeah. I had an idea. She made me pitch it right there. Wow. Not made me. I pitched she, it right there. She yeah. allowed me to pitch it. Sure. Um, and told her. She was like, I feel really good about that. You should definitely go for it. Hmm. That was my sign. Um, no and, doubt. Right, exactly. Yeah, so, they don't always come that clearly. Right, yeah. Know? Like, yeah. God was serious. Like, do this. For sure. Um, and so, yeah, that's really where it began. And from there, you know, just started working on um, finding people that could help me. I don't right. sew. I don't have any of those, like, I don't have any background in textiles or hmm. manufacturing. And so I just kind of had to work my way through that, but also went ahead and started working because I had to pay my bills. And right. so um, uh, worked at... Uh, uh, McKesson Corporation up in Alpharetta mm. um, and had a great time there, um, but ended up, you know, working nights and weekends to develop the product. And at the point that I was ready to um, um, actually launch it, um, it was right at the deadline of me saying I wasn't going to work for more than five years before I took the jump. You took a I, shot. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I felt like if I waited longer than that, I wasn't going to do it. Sure. Um, so left my job, did a Kickstarter campaign to get some testing done and get some feedback, and yeah. you know, the rest is history. It's crazy. Yeah. Well, and yeah. Hairbrella, you know, while maybe it was one of your first ideas, it wasn't the first startup that right. you jumped yes, into. Right, yes, that's true. So You kind of had a side hustle there while you are doing, the, uh, doing the lawyer thing, right? Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah, so my... Um, uh, I knew I wanted to be an entrepreneur. Mm. I Again, I had this thing like, how do you know your ideas are good? Mm. Um, Hairbrella was definitely going to take a lot more time and money. And so um, I was like, well, let me test out one of my other ideas. And sure. so it was for an emoji app that would represent, you know, the culture and kind of those um, – kind of paralingual cues that we use, you know, coming mm. from the church or mm -hmm. coming from Atlanta culture or just being from the South, like any of those things that like, I feel like we didn't have, we didn't even have like tone, like 
you know, um, skin tone back then. Okay, so <laughs> yeah, there was just the yellow yeah, thumbs up. That's, that's it. All you that's got. all you had. Yeah. So I was like, man, there should be something. You know, we're we're communicating more and more on digital sure. devices. We should be able to express ourselves. <laughs> and I, I, you know, I always like use ten of the same emoji to kind of like express. I'm like, no, right. I shouldn't have to do that. It should be <laughs> something that actually depicts this. So anyway, um, yeah. So we launched. I I found uh, you know three of the co-founders from. Georgia State and Georgia Tech. Um, they well, they kind of found me. I, I was talking about it at a church. Friend introduced me. We said, "All right, you know, let's all throw in two thousand dollars and launch this app." Yeah. And um, surprisingly, it did really well. It went viral the first day it was put out. We didn't even we didn't even announce it. People just started posting about it. Wow. Um, and uh, we've done quite a few apps for other um, entities mm. like um, Getty Images. We have one, the, the one Atlanta. Um, emojis that we created yeah. last year for Mayor Bottoms. So there's awesome. a there's an emoji that says I, we have a major, mayor named Keisha, right? And A <laughs> Town Down and all the stuff that we need. Um, so, yes. So yeah, and then we end up getting like to number two paid overall in the App Store. Whoa. So we did really well. Um, of course, you know, over time technology changes and there's a lot more. Um, you know, the problem we were looking to solve. There's a lot more content that is available sure. now, which is great. So we're actually not at before. Um, we taped this. I it was meeting with my developers about something mm. we're working on, kind of in the AI space, but <clears throat> longer, longer term goals there. Yeah. Um, but that's something that you know I haven't, um, I haven't like left alone. It's something that we are <laughs> trying to kind of see, like what is that next um, big thing that we can bring to the mes- messaging sure. space to enhance digital communications. And I'm super excited to get back to it, but right now I've got to like throw all my energy into Hairbrella because no it's doubt. definitely taking off, and, and definitely want to make sure we you know, realize the growth there as well. Now, I'm already sensing that you are a personality like me that if we don't have five things going on, <laughs> we're not just not happy. Right, something right. Something's yeah, wrong yeah. and we got to find something to, you know, mm-hmm. yeah. not fill our time because time's already full, right. but somehow you make time for these other things. Is that just... You know, you're balancing a few different passions or yeah. you're just a creator at heart. What do you think yeah. that is in you? So I do think, uh, and I've... I've reduce this it, it was worse than this <laughs> um, um where you feel like there are a few things that you are either good at or you even have the resources for or have some experience sure. in that you should pursue um and i read a book uh last year called the one thing and mm. that book really helped me to hone in so while i had that mm. that was the first time i've talked to those developers in a while yeah. um you know I'm, I'm still writing notes on the things i want to do but i had to last year focus sure. fully on Hairbrella. Um, and there was a point where I had to do some consulting to pay the bills. But other than that, I realized I had to like really focus in. Um, and so I, I do feel like I'm a creator at heart. In fact, mm-hmm. I went on a, um, I went to a conference um, with John Maida. I'm not sure if you've heard of him. No. Um, he's like huge in the design space, which I wasn't yeah. familiar with, but they were like referring to us as designers. And I'm like, <laughs> I'm, I'm not a designer like but they're like yeah you are your product yeah, designer you know no and so I had to kind of realize that um and then kind of when I look back like ask you asking me that question mm. I probably wouldn't have said that before but that's you know I feel like I'm a problem solver every time I get frustrated with something I think about what needs to be created yeah and that's why I have like this laundry list of ideas and I've learned to just put them down sure. don't start working on them just just record yeah because it is, it is a different mindset yes. there are people who like experience problems every day mm-hmm. and don't think one time to right, themselves yeah, yeah. I, 
I could solve that problem. Right, right. There's folks who are just like, well, I guess this is going to be a problem. Right, exactly. You know? <laughs> like, I'll just avoid this next time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. How do I work around this? Right, right, yep. And you're like, heck no. How do we, mm-hmm. like, begin to solve this yeah. problem? You know, it's those micro steps of, all right, what's the first thing? Like you were talking mm-hmm. about when you are saying, okay, I got to make sure I can get the patent, mm-hmm. you know, first, mm-hmm. of, first of all. Yep. But, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. There's, there's so many. It's never... Um, if you were to think about all the things you're going to have to do to get to the ultimate destination at the beginning, hmm. you probably won't. Right. Um, and I think about all that's happened in the last three years, and I'm kind of glad I didn't see all of it. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? No because, doubt. Scare you know, you off. some things you just need to, you know, get your get get to a point where um, you're prepared to face those and have enough of the like background enough of the like skin in the game that yeah. would help you meet those challenges and when you get there you know no one ever felt like oh i've got it in the bag from hmm. the beginning it's it's really about just being committed to getting there and then just dealing with dealing with today and planning the best you can for tomorrow and then sure. the challenges come deal with those too sure yeah well and i have you know i live in this world as the owner of a video production company where mm-hmm. i'm constantly jealous of people who sell products because okay. I think to myself, I literally have to sell ideas and have mm. to like, I don't have a physical, you mm-hmm. know, you have examples of your work, uh-huh. yeah. but everybody's video project is different. Right. You know, how nice would it be to have a physical product, you know, where mm-hmm. you just go and sell, like people Google, you know, these things all the time. Mm-hmm. And, you know, if I had a physical product, then all my problems would be solved. And we probably feel the same way. Exactly. It works the same way in reverse. If I didn't have to deal with inventory, (laughs) if I didn't have to deal with prototypes. Yes, absolutely. But go into that. Like you you did not have a product background before you you started Herbrellica's. Uh, Ebotacons is very much the same thing. Mm-hmm. Like you're dealing with basically like intellectual property and creating digital, you know, products. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What were those first steps like for you? You know, you talked about trying to get the patent. I'm assume, yep. assuming you got good news on that front. But yep. then how do you go forward from there? Yeah. So, um, yeah, wanted to get the patent first for Hairbrella. Um, and then it was really a Google search hat hmm. maker. I didn't know what to call them. I found out, you know, it's contract sewers, and you probably need to go with a bag maker based on certain components you want to have. So you wow. just kind of had to figure out what is the language around this. I don't even know what to ask for, but let me sure. research enough to do that. And then found a couple of consultants that said they could make it. Hmm. You know, they couldn't. <laughs> they you know, couldn't. I had to spend some money. Yeah. Had to say, all right, well, this is the last time we're gonna have an iteration because it's not mm-hmm. getting closer to what I want. Um, so I probably went through three different contractors mm-hmm. that were um, trying to help me, but I learned through that process that what I was creating was, you know, just kind of a new version of a hat. Right. Um, and there were aspects of it um, that I needed to account for, which would require someone who really is an expert in textiles, but Hmm. not tied to any process for making a hat, right? And so I was really lucky to um, find someone um, who was doing trade between China and here. He lived in China for a long time, but was helping people find people in China then. But he also Hmm. sourced um, uh, contractors here who could help with the product design. Yeah. So um, she's out in uh, Roswell, uh, 
uh, TSR Atlanta, if you guys are looking for someone <laughs> who can help you with that prototyping process, she's really right. great. Um, and she really, you know, sitting down with her, that was another thing I need to be in person, mm. um, sitting down with her and going back and forth on the design, um, taking it back home and, or even taking it to church and like asking people to come to a room for a minute and try it on and yeah. you know, give me their feedback. Um, we went through probably, it's, I mean, now it's up to 60 prototypes, but back then it was at least 45 to 50 that we went through before wow. we launched it. Um, because there's so many aspects. And you, some, I say all the time, it's like, once you make something that hasn't been made, you're going to find out why. Yeah. And there were so many reasons why a hat like that shouldn't work, even though it looks simple enough. It's not simple at all. So, sure. um, so yeah, so that went through that process. And then at the point that we had something that we felt like, was good enough to test and that's what you want to do they say if you know if you are not embarrassed by your first version you start it too late um and huh. so definitely yeah. embarrassed by my first version <laughs> <laughs> especially but, now i'm sure but i in knowing that i felt like instead of just putting it out on the market let me do a kickstarter campaign hmm. it's going to cost a lot to make them i'm not going to make any money off of this kickstarter campaign but at least i'll get it in the hands of 250 hmm. women who are willing to give me feedback and yeah. so went through that process, uh, got all the feedback, told them to be as honest, give me all the criticism, don't worry about hurting my feelings. That's so important because people want to be supportive. So, yeah, yeah, this is great. It's like, one, you need to know if they're going to pay for it. So that's right. why it's a good idea to do a Kickstarter. Um, and then also you want them to uh, tell you what they wouldn't like, right? Mm. You don't want the encouraging stuff because that's not going to help you make a better product. Right. And there were several very key changes that we made to the product from that process. From Kickstarter. And yeah. um, went back into product development for another six months um, mm. and then finally launched the product that we have uh, now. I mean, it's been updated a couple of times since then, but then and then we went through the manufacturing process mm. of like figuring out how to... Um, we had to reverse engineer the fabric because we couldn't find any more of it here. We bought all there was, and the the, the company Whoa. that was selling it didn't even know where it was sourced <laughs> from, and he wasn't getting any more. So, yeah. you know, those things, and again, like I said, if I had known all from the beginning, and you know, yeah. they said, oh, you're going to have to go through like two years after you develop it of even just figuring out who can make it. You're not going to want to do sure. that. So, you know, something. I'll figure out can, something else to do. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, oh, I'll keep my job. Um, so, yeah, it was a lot of um, it was a lot of like meeting the challenge and realizing, OK, here's another hurdle. Um, but I can't say enough how important it is to just decide up front that you're going to hmm. see it through. Um, and I think at the only point, you know, th that doesn't mean that there's no reason ever to you know, yeah. decide to go another direction. But that should only be at the point that you have done all that you can do. Sure. You've exhausted all, you know, and and most times I don't know if anybody really gets there. Like it's very rare that you get to that point where there's absolutely nothing. Of Options you tried. are yeah, 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 crossed off. Right. So, sure. and I was willing to go down to like selling them on the side of the street. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like you got to be willing to go that far. So anyway. Well, you were literally willing to go across the world. To figure well, this out. Well, there we go. Yes. You know? Yes. Like, yes. It doesn't get more committed than that. <laughs> so, yeah. 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 So, the, yeah, the process, um, we have great resources now. Mm -hmm. I mean, I learned, I mean, Google, just even when I think about if my parents had tried to do something like this and, you yeah. know, we have so much information now that there's <laughs> so much more that we can create because now the average person can go and create something. You just got to sure. find the folks that know how to do the things that you don't know how to do yet. You're right. Yeah. And I don't know if you you follow Gary Vee at all, but yeah, he, yeah. he talks about that a lot. Okay. Like, 
living, we're living in the best time that there ever has been to live because if you've got a dream, literally you open Google and you can figure out the first steps of starting to accomplish that dream. And I almost feel like that's what is, um, that's kind of the driving, even if I wanted to just practice law and (laughs) have a nice life and nice income, I would regret not knowing what would have happened if I had devoted that same energy with an idea and and just to see what would happen. I'm more afraid of regretting it down the road than I am of, you know, not necessarily or possibly failing. That, that is the thing I'm afraid of. And that's what drives me. And I'm really, I'm I'm still glad even with things that have not gone like I wanted them to, I'd much rather be on this ride. And I think that if anybody has an inkling to do that, they feel like, oh man, you know, you have that itch. You can, you are in living in the day and age where you yeah. absolutely should go for it, um, and and do so. Like I said, I was working for um, three years leading up to any yeah. launch. You know, it definitely takes some preparation time. I saved income for a year. Probably should have saved for three, but <laughs> did save for one. Um, you know, do do the things you need to do to maintain stability. Yeah. Um, but we definitely have all these resources at our fingertips to start a brand, start a company. And it's, mm. if you want to do that, like, it's totally worth it. Like, I, I love what I do every day. Well, I'm glad you said what you did, though, because, I mean, you went to th- three years of law school, mm-hmm. I'm assuming, mm-hmm. and you put the framework in place that, okay, I've got this idea and I think there's huge potential there. Right. But, you know, <laughs> it can fail and I'm still going to yes. have, I can go get a job. Right. Absolutely. <laughs> you know, yes. like, there's some of us that are more reckless with life and, <laughs> you know, make decisions with, mm-hmm. you know, a wife and two kids and say, I'm quitting my job and doing right. my own thing. Right. Exactly. You know? Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, you know, bless my wife for being on board with that. Right. And it's worked out okay. Good. But, yes. <laughs> you know, I do just, you know, there's a lot of, whether it's motivational speakers or whoever, that would, you know, encourage people, like, just table flip your life and go and try it. It's like, no. you got to be thoughtful. <laughs> yes. Because the reality is, if you make rash decisions in, like, going into starting a business, mm-hmm. you're not setting your business up for right. on, like, solid footing either. Right. You have to be a really intentional think- thinker mm-hmm. to run a business. And I'm, yeah. I know those are probably lessons you've learned now, yeah. you know, running two different businesses mm-hmm. of just, like, being thoughtful in your planning and your moving forward. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And I find, too, there's a difference between, like, bravery and what <laughs> is essentially being lazy mm. or reckless. Um, you know, when people ask me, like, when did you know it was time to leave your job? It was like, when I was prepared. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, it wasn't um, an emotion. Like, yeah. I had the emotion, and that caused me to go and prepare. I don't have sure. the emotion and then jump. And I think that's when you can easily set yourself up for, like, there's going to be enough to panic about. Like, don't hmm. panic about the things that you could have right. mitigated or uh, prepared for. Or, yeah, like saved up for whatever it is. You know, give yourself the runway. Give yourself hmm. as many safeguards. Like, you sure. know, pay off your any, you know, pay off any car loans. Like, uh, buy a house that maybe you can leverage the equity off of. Yeah. Like, we do the things that will help you. And all those things that don't skip that stuff because I think that, you you will have those resources so that you can if you skip sure. it and don't take advantage of that then you're setting yourself up yeah. <laughs> for unnecessary challenges and you're gonna have enough challenges to face like yeah. don't skip like prevent as many as you can that is your sure. job and then the other ones you know there'll be the resources you need to get through them but um 
but yeah, prepare all you can. Um, I think one thing for me, so I another crazy story that I, you know, I, I've documented all this stuff, and I can't wait till I can find some medium to share it. But um, you I mean like sp- a podcast. That's weird. <laughs> well, there you go. Um, and I, I, mean, I mean too, like the actual pictures. Like I've taken yeah. screenshots and like tagged stuff and sent nice. emails to myself to make sure, like, I can prove. Like, do you see the I'll, data? On I'll this buy thing? the book, Tracy. I'll buy the book, and <laughs> good, I don't, good, I don't read good. good, but I'll buy the book. Yeah. So yeah, I um I uh, had spent a good bit of money like creating this prototype with like the second um, consultant that I was working mm-hmm. with. And it was terrible. It was a terrible prototype, and I was out of money to spend on that, right? <laughs> so um, I'd gone to a career day. I was going to work late, um, got to work, and decided to put it on for the first time. So I just mm. put it on. I have a selfie of myself walking into the building. I, I actually took a video. I was like, this is a hair bralette. It protects your hair from the rain. I look ridiculous. <laughs> I get in there, um, and there's a call for me. For um, and they they had to let me know that I was a part of a class action that I did not know I was a member of, and that I was going to receive thirty thousand dollars within seven days. What? And I said, "Wow, God!" Like, and I get yeah. chills now just thinking about it. But it was like I remember driving up there in the rain, saying, "Wow, well, this is it," and I can't go to market with this, but I did all I could right. do. And hmm. then for that to happen in that moment. So that's why I tell people, do all that you can. And when you hit that wall, like when we think about all the crazy stories that people tell our break, you know, I had my big break. Usually that big yeah. break came because they had like done all right. the things that they knew to do. And then that kicks in, like sure. whatever that, if you believe it's God, if you believe it's luck, whatever it is, right. it follows those that have been preparing. It follows those that have been like working their butts off. <laughs> so, um, so that's why that's kind of my premise, like be committed to get to the end, because I find that every time you get to that wall, hmm. there's going to be something to meet you to get to the next yeah. thing. You Closes know? the door and opens a window. There we go. You exactly. Know, no exactly. Doubt. Yep. No, that's an incredible story, Tracy. Um, so to take a step back a little bit from the product, because I sure. know you guys have a great product in the market now, mm-hmm. but you do choose to come back and launch that product in Atlanta. Yes. Why did you make that decision? Yeah, Atlanta is like, it's almost like I had to be born here to do what I wanted to do, right? (laughs) Because um, Atlanta really has been the perfect place for me to feel like, one, there were lots of examples of even just black-owned businesses. Hmm. I'm not sure I would have seen other places. Um, There are lots of people who are just creative and have, you know, gone on into the entertainment industry. Like, you don't live in Atlanta all your life and feel like there are certain things that you wouldn't be able to do if you wanted to. Like, (laughs) if you ask me. Atlanta influences everything. Absolutely. And uh, so, and even the fact that, like, you know, that you're probably one or two degrees away from pretty much anybody, sure. right? You know, and so uh, I didn't realize, and, and we'll take it one step further, even going to Spelman and interfacing mm-hmm. with women from all over the country who were, like, excited about that. And I'm like, duh, like, we can do whatever we want, <laughs> you know what I mean? And so I, I didn't realize that, like, Atlanta was being inundated and and you know, facing and seeing all of these types of people from all over the world. And, you know, even just having every concert come here, every big company is here. It's like you don't see limitation. Yeah. And um, and not only that, as I've gotten older, there's such a community now of uh, entrepreneurs and, and successful people that want to help more people 
be yeah. successful. Like that, they're building, building. Like there's the H.J. Russell Center, and then here comes like the gathering spot. As soon as <laughs> I left my job, when I didn't know I was, where I was going to work, and um, you know, uh, Nathaniel Bronner or the Bronner brothers was my first investor. Oh wow! You know, and, and yeah. it's like, but they they're right here. You know, West End. You see the Bronner brothers stuff on the building. I'm just like, oh man, sure. like. This is what this, this is. I'm standing yeah. on. I'm standing on the platform they created. Right. Um, and not only that, you know, when you think about trying to do the bigger stuff like the B two B, like I think these companies, because of just where they're situated, and, you know, just kind of being here and having uh, diverse talent in their organizations, mm. there's less of a hurdle of even feeling like you could walk into a UPS or Delta Airlines and yeah. get a contract for your company, even though you are a, you know, might, you might still be like a one person show, sure. but uh, you can get those meetings and you, you have people who can walk you through that process. And people are um, excited about empowering other entrepreneurs and other <laughs> business owners. Um, and then it makes me excited about being able to do it later for the next generation. Yeah. So, you know, everything about my my family is here. Um, I feel like Atlanta gave me so much. So I feel like, you know, whatever I can first, you know, I'm still building, but I, I look forward to being able to like create something that gives back to yeah. Atlanta what it gave to me and return you know, that favor. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. That's amazing. Mm -hmm. And I got a, a cool story for you yes. that, okay. that gave me goosebumps at the time. Okay. But you know, there's no doubt that like the the history of Atlanta is checkered at best like mm -hmm. this this mm -hmm. city has been like the home of some really good things but it's been the oh, home of absolutely. some really nasty things absolutely and um I was scrolling through Instagram the other day okay and a, a video starts playing and it's from Google oh yeah and you know where this is going <laughs> yeah. and as I'm watching this video like the pride is just building up uh, in me for mm. like our city because it's it's this video from Google is chronicling the history of black owned businesses mm -hmm. of um, like black civic leaders mm -hmm. of civil rights leaders yeah. and like it's just like yes my city we're doing right, this like we're right. we're making steps to go in the right direction mm -hmm. we're correcting some wrongs that have been done in the past. Mm -hmm. Well, and then the video shifts to starting to highlight people that are creating amazing businesses in Atlanta. Yep. And this happened this week. Your your face pops up. Yes. Yep. On this video. <laughs> I don't know if you knew that was coming ahead of time or not. I became aware uh, just a few days before, yeah. um, as you know, or may or may not know, Jewel Burks yep. is one of my investors as well. Sure. Um, I didn't she, know she was an investor. I knew that you guys were yeah. had known each other in the yeah, past. Yeah, so, I mean, again, before she was an investor, she was like a mentor, just kind of helping me out hmm. and giving me advice. Um, eventually became an investor and then became... And she was, she was a, um, she started her own company, Part Pick. Right, Part Pick and sold to Amazon. Right. A, and side note, the idea that I know a black woman who was at the hmm. time under the age of 30, who had sold to a company... Like Amazon. Where else in the world Atlanta, Georgia. would I know yeah. a woman? like So my vision, just by virtue of knowing her and seeing her do that, sure. exploded because no that doubt. hadn't happened before. So, so yeah, so she had an event just to kind of like pull all the Atlanta community together. <laughs> um, this is kind of her first event as head of Google for Startups, which is another amazing unreal. thing. Like yeah. it's truly unreal. Like where are we, am I in the twilight zone? Like what's happening? Yeah. Um, you and just bumped into her at the gathering spot two weeks ago, oh, you know? Wow, and, yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, it's like, here she is head of Google for Startups. 
it's unreal. So Crazy. Yeah. they played that kind of as like, oh, and here's a video that we're just kind of to celebrate Atlanta. Mm. So when I saw my face, like major chills, yeah. major like, wow. Like, I mean, you know, it, just to even see me alongside all those amazing sure. people was such an honor. And it also just kind of like makes me even more excited <laughs> again about not only creating in this city, but like being the person that can do this sure. and carry this on, which gives me so much more purpose beyond just, you know, selling a product and a business. Like that's great. But I think what's really most important is that here we'll get the resources. I'll learn things I need to learn to help hmm. other folks. It yeah. was just the avenue. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and that's how I feel about it. So, yeah, I knew about it then. I had no idea, like, Google was going to post it. <laughs> but I saw that my, <laughs> a friend sent it to me from the Google page. I said, yep. I said oh, wait, 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 wait. That's all. Yeah. So I was I was floored. I that's mean, awesome. this, this is Google. Like, okay, mm-hmm. Amazon. Okay, like, how did, how much bigger? do where, where do we go from here? It does, it's the biggest company in the world, Tracy. Literally. The biggest company in the world. Ah, oh, it's still yeah. unreal. So, yeah. 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 You talking that's about amazing. it just then I got chills again. I'm like, wow, man, sure. this is so awesome. So I'm super honored and grateful even to just be around yeah. and able to kind of be a part of this. Like, it's like the ride of my life. I'm really, sure. really excited and grateful for it. Well, and, you know, this the story you just told about Jewel, and this may this may already be happening. Mm-hmm. You, you're going to have the opportunity to be somebody's Jewel, you know, that's coming behind you. Listen, and that is so, exactly it. Like, she's yeah, modeling it for me. I mean, I keep notes, running notes of our meetings. Um, she is definitely modeling exactly what that would look like. Mm. Um, and she's so committed to it and not even like boastfully, right? Like she doesn't, you, you probably don't know half of the things she's done for some people, but she is truly like the model of what this is about. And again, it brings that sense of purpose a whole nother level when you can see someone like her who could have just went and decided I'm about to wild out and I'm going to be like the new one on Housewives. (laughs) I'm just going to go hang out. And she went right to work. Um, And so (laughs) I, she makes me super focused on that because when I tell you she's had my back hair, Brella, I don't know. You know, I, I always feel like, you know, things will work out, but the way in which she has stepped in and made sure that I had what I needed to grow hair, mm-hmm. and to see how it has made such a big difference for me, yeah. it's like I have no choice. And I feel like that should be everyone like me, you know, especially when it comes to, like, black women who might be underserved in terms of funding. Mm-hmm. Like, we should look at this as the play to get as many resources as we can so that we can make sure that those other other people coming up have the opportunities to grow their business. Because yeah. sometimes that person that's willing to write a check is the difference between you making it or not. You could have had a phenomenal product that would have gone to the moon, but yeah. because you didn't have that piece, you know, you end up kind of giving up or running out of cash and just saying, oh, maybe it's not for me. Hmm. So Jewel made sure that didn't happen to me, and I can't wait to hopefully make that happen yeah. for other folks. Yeah. It's awesome. Yeah. And we always talk about on the on the show, like, a rising tide lift all, lifts all boats, right? There we so, go. like, if yes. you're doing something that helps your community, like mm-hmm. the impact that's going to have yes. is it's immeasurable in mm-hmm. a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. But uh, very true. Well, we talk about at the end of the show a lot about what's coming up, mm-hmm. and you know, you've got your your product is in a place where you're you're happy with it. You're not embarrassed about it anymore, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> and 
you're you're gaining traction. Mm-hmm. But I know from from hearing you on some other podcasts, like the challenges for Hairbrella are just beginning. It yes. seems like in a lot of ways. Yes. So what what does the next five ten years look like for your company at this point? Yeah. Oh man, I haven't thought about ten. <laughs> <laughs> you're like, like oh, how about ten months? <laughs> Let's take it a step like, at a time. Yeah. Um, we've got some exciting things coming up this year. Um, mm-hmm. We are going to be on Good Morning America next mm-hmm. Thursday. Yeah. Well, that's March fifth. Um, and so that's the day this is released, by the way. What? So well, yeah, if you're listening to this on your way to work, turn on the TV right, right, right now. now. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so um, doing that and also some other opportunities in the television space um, and trying to make sure now that I'm kind of I almost feel like I got a new job at the top of the year because mm-hmm. it's a very different company in sure. terms of volume than last year. So hiring, um, wanting to get someone in that is focused on marketing, I've kind of done as much as I could do in terms of learning it, getting us going, and now it's really time to make sure that there's someone that's manning that. Um, And then wholesale, we have a lot of opportunities. I mean, people are emailing us from South Africa, like, can we get an order of 100 of the hair products? And I'm like, oh my gosh, like, so we want to operationalize that. And then uh, we really want to take advantage of um, some B2B opportunities that we have in the um, potentially and hopefully the airline space and um, <laughs> in uniforms. So like for mail carriers, oh, wow. uh, FedEx, Amazon delivery folks, yeah. um, maybe even Chick-fil-A. You know, I'm going after my at Atlanta-based yes. groups well first. Um, and so there was um, a poor woman in the Chick-fil-A drive through today yeah. in a rainstorm. And I'm thinking like this poor lady. <laughs> And I'm sure they had a smile on their face and oh, everything. No I'm doubt. like, this can't be. This, yes. I, it's got to be a, a solution for them. So, yeah, um, so yeah wanting to um, explore those opportunities and then mm. expand distribution, even if it's just on Amazon and some mm. of the regions that we're seeing, a lot of people have interest. So, like in India, there's monsoon season yeah. in, I think it's June. It, like, rains almost every day. <laughs> the U.K., we're getting a lot of interest. They're paying, like, 30 and $40 for shipping in um, Australia and South Africa, which I didn't realize was going to be such a market that, you know, was interested, but um, we're definitely seeing a lot of interest there. So setting up distribution where we can, uh, hopefully through Amazon, um, focus on B2B, a couple of key hires, and really just focusing on on sales. I have a couple of other products that I want to introduce through Hairbrella, um, but learning from my, you know, the folks that I feel like have gone this journey, the ways of the world, and Spanx, and Uggs, and some of the other founders that I, I study, it's really important to stay focused no on doubt. one, that that key product that you're yeah. selling before you start to try and introduce new products and new SKUs <laughs> and kind of starting to spread yourself thin before you kind yeah, of get that they'll critical devour, mass. they'll devour your original product there we go. real quick. Absolutely. And yeah. if you haven't necessarily, like one of my mentors told me, you know, Grow it, grow it, grow it, grow it, grow it. When there's still a lot of growth capacity for that one, mm-hmm. it's not time to deviate. Keep growing it. Once you see that start to and taper plateau. off, that's yeah. when you. So while I have ideas that I am developing with my product development manager, yeah. um, you know those won't, probably won't be released until next year. So sure. the next you know four years will be releasing those and operationalizing that stuff. Um, and I do plan to exit. Um, mm. And I don't know exactly what that was. I have an idea, but, you know, <laughs> I'm open to how the universe wants to bring that about. Call Tracy. Right, right. And, you know, part of me was like, oh, no, I want to be like Sarah. I want to keep running it. <laughs> and the, I would be open to that. You know, I'm not I'm not tied one way or the other, but I am open to exiting now simply because I feel like that would free up 
resources and time for sure. me to help others. And no doubt. I feel like I'm going to get even more passionate about that as yeah. time goes on. So I want to make sure that I'm kind of putting that into the ether. Like, right. you know, maybe in about five years, that's what we will be looking at. No doubt. Well, yeah. and there's no doubt in my mind that if somebody comes and buys Herbrella in five years, yes, you're going to help other folks, but you've got some other ideas back there that that you're going to have ready. Absolutely. Yeah, I write every day. I'm so grateful now that I yeah. get to build businesses for myself and others yeah. and invest in them. Um, that's that's my dream. Amen. Yep, that's Amen. what I want to do. Love it. Well, Tracy, thank you so much for taking the time to have thank a conversation you. with us. Y'all uh, check out Hairbrella, hairbrella.com, right? Hairbrella.com. Um, hair, it's at Hairbrella on Facebook and Instagram. Yeah. Um, and I am Tracy Pickett Esquire, and it's T-R-A-C-E-Y on Instagram. And connect with me and check out Herrella. To keep up with Tracy and the Herrella crew, follow them on social media at Tracy Pickett Esquire and at Herrella, or head to Herrella.com. If you've been listening and would like an additional opportunity to support the show, we've got the perfect fit. Our first t-shirt, the Our City, Our Story Tee, is now available on our website. To get yours, head to atlborn.com shop. Atlanta Born and Brand is a production of Connects Media. We're a full-service digital media company focused on helping small businesses tell their story in the most effective way they can. If you'd like to tell the story of your business, we'd love to help. You can find us at connectstatl.com. Special thanks go out to our producer, Catherine Hilliard, and the Connects Media team of Chris Hilliard, Mackenzie Bates, and Andrew Blaylock. Stay tuned to the show for more stories from the city's top startups and small businessmen and women. You can do that by subscribing in Apple Podcasts or wherever else you happen to be listening. If you like the show, we'd really appreciate a review and a rating. And of course, share it with your friends. Keep up with the show on social media. We're ATL Born Brand on Instagram and Twitter. And you can also like our Atlanta Born and Brand Facebook page. Finally, you can find all the previous episodes of the show on our website, atlborn.com. For Atlanta Born and Brand and Connects Media, I'm Jonathan Hilliard. Thanks for listening, and I'll see you all soon.